I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. We've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. Today, you'll learn about the trait that most incompetent bosses share, a 1,300-foot-tall volcano that sprung up in some guy's backyard, and how meditation can boost your brain for several years. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Cody, I think this is probably a loaded question, but have you ever had a bad boss? I think everyone has had a bad boss. Yeah, they really have. Although it's been a while. So I'm fortunate in that regard. That's good. Well, research has found the one common trait shared by the most incompetent bosses, and it actually kind of surprised me. How did researchers even define what makes an incompetent boss? So researchers study something called managerial derailment, which is basically just a fancy term for the dark side of management. And there are a few different categories that you can read all about on curiosity.com. But yeah, there are like parameters. Okay, so this is like a quantifiable thing. Yeah, for sure. All right. Think of all the different bad bosses you could have. You could have an abusive boss, a micromanager, an overbearing boss. But research says that of all of those, an absent boss is your worst case scenario. This is the boss that basically lets you do whatever you want. That doesn't sound bad. No, it doesn't sound bad at all. But a 2015 survey identified nine traits that working adults complained about the most from their leaders. And eight out of the nine were absent behaviors. 63% of the employees in the study said that not recognizing employee achievements bothered them the most. And a 2014 study found that being ignored by your boss is even more alienating than being treated poorly. Wow. Yeah. It's surprising. You would think that an abusive boss or a boss that's just always on your case would be the worst. But really, a boss that just doesn't care is the worst of all. Most of us have bosses, but some of us are bosses. So if you're afraid you might be the bad boss... Here are a few tips from Harvard Business Review. Notice and acknowledge your employees' unique contributions. Have daily interactions with them. Give them public recognition. Proactively ask for feedback from your team. And don't wait for performance reviews to let your employees know how they're doing. Regular feedback and recognition is what employees really want. Who doesn't want regular feedback? It's great. I think you're doing a great job. Thanks, Cody. I think you're doing a swell job, too. Thanks. We are not each other's boss. No, we're not. Like, but That's <laughs> fine. All right, so I've got a fun story for you. All right. In 1943, a 1,300-foot-tall volcano sprung up in the backyard of a Mexican farmer. Just, like, immediately? Like, in a matter of hours? It absolutely did. What? Yeah, Curiosity keeps its eye on odd events from history, and we loved this story. On the afternoon of February 20th, 1943, a farmer was making the rounds of his family cornfield, you know, clearing the brush, burning the overground shrubbery. And then he nearly walks into this small brand new ridge, and lo and behold, suddenly it's a hill as tall as him. And then there was a tremendous rumbling and a belch of smoke and ash, and he took off running. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, so his family had already gone into town to seek safety, Because they started hearing it. So they were safe. But that night, the residents of the village of Parikutin watched as the volcano surged with fiery lava. One farmer described the scene, quote, red flames of fire rose into the darkened sky, some rising 2,600 feet or more into the air that burst like golden marigolds and a rain like artificial fire fell to the ground. Wow. Yeah. 24 hours after the first plume of smoke erupted from the earth, the volcano had grown to 165 feet. 24 hours and it grew that high. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you've got a 165 foot volcano and it didn't finish growing for another nine years when it reached 1300 feet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Sadly, both the town and a nearby city were destroyed, but only three people were killed in the eruption. But weirdly, 
None of the deaths were caused by lava or smoke. All three were struck by volcanic lightning. What is volcanic lightning? Volcanic lightning comes from a buildup of electrical charge from ash particles rubbing together. And so you'll get lightning storms above volcanoes a lot. It's really weird. Wow. Anyway, Pericotine is notable because it was one of the first chances scientists had to see the life cycle of a volcano from start to finish. And scientists flocked to the area and they came in droves and they teamed up with locals for on-the-ground expertise. And papers were written about it and it was a big deal. I mean, it was erupting for nine years straight. And the silver lining is that after the lava destroyed kind of everything around, it did create a whole new tourist attraction. So you can visit today and you can even visit the steeple of a nearby church that was the only building tall enough to not be completely engulfed. Wow. And this story is from Mexico. So I wanted to quickly follow up on our story from last week about a dinosaur that I said was called Quetzalcoatlus. We got an email from a listener in Mexico City, a very, <laughs> very kindly written email calling out my terrible pronunciation. I mean, but it was like kind hearted, right? Yes. Anyway, the pronunciation is not Quetzalcoatlus. It is closer to Quetzalcoatl. But of course, this week we said Pericutine. So, so Pericutine, I did my research. So we're doing our best <laughs> to pronounce words from other language, but exactly. it would be Quetzalcoatlus. So Cody, do you meditate? I don't, but you do. I'm trying to do it regularly. It makes me feel better. But we write about the effects of meditation whenever Curiosity finds new research because it's really interesting. And there's big news out of the University of California, Davis. They've found that the gains you get from practicing meditation could last not just that day, but at least seven years. But if you want to take what their study said, you really have to practice. This news is coming out of the Shamanta Project. It claims to be the most comprehensive study of meditation to date, and it's even endorsed by the Dalai Lama. Wow. Yeah. The project followed 60 experienced meditators when they attended two intensive meditation retreats in Colorado in 2007. These were really intense. They were three months long. They included specific instruction in sustained attention meditation techniques, which are pretty intense. And the participants would join in group meditations twice a day and do their own solo practice six hours a day. A solo practice six hours a day plus two group meditations. Yes. Wow. Yeah. The main goal of the research was to see what effect sustained attention meditation had on the meditator's ability to sustain their attention. They were tested using computer tasks to see if the effects held after six months, a year, and finally seven years later. Immediately after the study, the meditators were not only better able to sustain their attention, but they also showed gains in psychological well-being and in their ability to cope with stress. Wow. And then when they were tested seven years later, the researchers found that the attention gains they demonstrated directly after the retreat were still there, at least partly. The biggest effects were seen in older people who were more diligent about their meditation practice in the years since. And those people didn't show as much age-related decline in their attention as those who practice less. Also, there's some drawbacks to the study. Like, there's the fact that people who can afford to escape from life for three months for a meditation retreat probably live at a higher socioeconomic status, which makes it hard to say whether these effects apply to the general population. So right. take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. So it's a lot of meditation, and it's probably people with more money. Sure. But it's still hopeful. And the more scientists study this, the more we'll know about its benefits. So I think this is a win. Good first step. And you can definitely bet we'll keep writing about meditation research on Curiosity.com. Sweet. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ah!